Well, hello, hello. I can't believe I'm saying this, but after 16 weeks of meeting together, it's our last week in the Hall of Faith series. I have so enjoyed growing with you, and I hope you'll join me for the next series starting January 10th. Stay tuned to see what it's going to be. The last induction in our Hall of Faith is a lady I truly admire. Her premiere is found in Hebrews 11.31. The NIV version states, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. All right, clearly there's a lot of missing info here, and I am eager to uncover it. Let's rewind to the story of Jericho going back to before the wall came tumbling down. While Joshua was preparing his army to take over Jericho, he sent two spies to scout the fortified city. Upon their arrival, the spies entered the prostitute Rahab's house and stayed there. It makes me wonder, though, how would two Israelite soldiers make it past heavily guarded security and into their enemy's territory? And I think the answer is that the soldiers most likely never went through the city gates. Okay, hear me out. There is archaeological evidence that shows Jericho's residents would sometimes incorporate living quarters into the city wall. There are also other earlier sources that actually reference Rahab as an innkeeper. If Rahab was an innkeeper whose inn was built inside the city wall, it would make sense why the spies were able to secretly enter and stay in her house. Although the conversation of Rahab checking in the spies isn't recorded, she must have known who they represented in the army they served. Because rather than assigning them a five-star room with the best view, Rahab placed them on the roof under stalks of flax. Not the best customer service. However, Rahab didn't place them there out of distrust of them being her enemy, but to protect them from being killed by the king. When the king's messengers came knocking on Rahab's door searching for the spies, she lied about their whereabouts and said they'd already left. Instead of exposing her enemies, she sent the messengers on a wild goose chase in their pursuit. Why would Rahab do that? Didn't she know the spies in her house were scoping out the land to destroy the entire city, including herself? Did she not understand the threat they imposed? Seems like turning them over to the authorities would have been the smart decision. But Rahab wasn't concerned with her espionage because her sight was on something much greater. Rahab shared her heart with the spies by proclaiming these three things. First, Rahab stated, I know the Lord has given you this land. Joshua 2, 9 in the NLT. She knew the victory was God's before the battle had even begun. Secondly, Rahab let them in on a little secret. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. No one has the courage to fight. Joshua 2, 9 and 2, 11. So not only did Rahab believe her people would lose, she also willingly gave intel to the opposing army. And if disclosing the state of her nation and protecting the spies didn't make her loyalty clear, Rahab's last statement pledged where her allegiance lay. She proclaimed, For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Joshua 2, 11. Rahab acknowledged God as the God above all, and in doing so, aligned herself with his people. Rahab never saw the spies as her enemies. She saw them as her prospects. 
She knew the God they served was sovereign, the battle they fought they'd win, and she desired to be part of the victory they'd claim through the Lord. Because of her bold belief in obedience, Rahab and her entire family's lives were spared when Joshua's army conquered Jericho. Let me say that another way. Besides Rahab's family, every single person that resided in Jericho was destroyed. And every single one of them died trembling in terror. Unlike Rahab, they allowed their fear to cripple them instead of correcting them. And what is really so disheartening is that their lives too could have been saved if they'd waved a white flag and surrendered to the Lord. What a different tale we might have been discussing today had their fear of God been greater than man and their trust in the Lord greater than a wall. Rahab knew the wall would come tumbling down. Maybe not in a literal sense, but she knew they would all fall under the hand of God. In the very beginning stages of her faith, she already grasped that placing her faith in anything besides God was false hope. It makes me examine my own life to locate walls of false hope I might have replaced God with. Am I depending on my husband to fulfill my happiness? Myself to protect my daughter from harm? Or the job I'm doing to provide financially? Now, Don't get me wrong, my husband does bring me happiness and obviously income helps pay the bills. But in the end, the only thing that is worthy of true dependence is God himself. He is the only one who always fulfills and fully sustains. He sure fulfilled his promise for Rahab. She was welcomed in the Israelite family and married a man from the tribe of Judah. Her great-great-grandson was King David and another greater king was also born from her descendants, King Jesus. The once prostitute from an opposing nation was woven into the lineage of Jesus Christ. Her profession, past, nor her gender or associations disqualified her from receiving God's mercy. He wasn't looking at her deeds or class, but where she placed her faith. And out of the entire region, she was the only one who looked beyond the wall to the real Savior. Rahab, like so many other Hall of Faith inductees, risked her life to serve the one true God. Unfortunately, the rest of Hebrews 11 mentions so many others who did lose their life and suffer much consequence in their pursuit of honoring the Lord. Hebrews 11, 39-40 says, All these were approved for their faith, but they did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, so that they would not be made perfect without us. The patriarchs we've met based their faith on believing God would deliver them, although they didn't live to see the promise fulfilled. The promise they hoped for but didn't live to see was made complete through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If their faith was so firm in the belief of a promised Savior, how much more should ours be now that He's already come? I pray our faith is challenged by the people we've studied and the faith they exemplified. May we too have the courage and obedience to place our lives in the hands of the true promise maker and promise keeper, forever reigning and forever glorified. Dear Lord, thank you for revealing more of who you are through this Hall of Faith series. 
I pray to continually seek you with all my heart, not placing my faith in worldly false hope, but in who you are. You alone are my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, this Hall of Faith series has just taught me so much, has enlightened me and encouraged me in so many ways, and I truly hope it's done the same for you. They are all going to be saved on my blog, and you can listen or read at any time. Thank you for joining me for this series, and please mark your calendars and join me for the next series. I will make the announcement soon of what it is, but it will start January 10th. I cannot wait for having you join me. So thank you so much. Have a Merry Christmas. May God bless you and have a great week.